Hi, this is Matt Stagliano, and thanks for being part of the Artist Forge. We're a community of creatives who help each other think like an artist by discussing creativity as a process instead of a skill or a talent. We believe everyone has what it takes to create something amazing, we just need some encouragement and inspiration along the way. What you're about to hear is a live recording of one of our daily discussions on the Clubhouse app. If you like what you hear, I encourage you to join our private Facebook group or visit us on the web at theartistforge.com. Now on to the show. Welcome to Morning Walk and Talk with the Artist Forge. I hope you're all well today. I'm really glad you're here with us as we try to tackle our issues around money. Oh, the issues around money. It's such a difficult thing to tackle because so many of the issues are deep-rooted and things that we have kind of stored away from the time we were small and never really even realized were there. And yesterday, we really just tried to put as many of our money blocks on the table as possible, just to expose those things that we think or that we do that give us an unhealthy relationship with money. And we covered a lot of ground so I have kind of condensed those things into categories so that we could address each category specifically. And hopefully that allows us to cover all the bases when it comes to the issues we have with money. Because coming up in the next month, we're gonna be doing a deep dive into business. The Artist Forge team met yesterday to discuss everything we wanted to include in these business talks and it's basically going to be like a 101 kind of business primer to get us all on the same foot so that in the coming years we have discussions we have a really great resource to refer people back to but also we'll know that as we have these conversations everyone is on the same page and we're all speaking the same language that way we're all growing together so these categories that we're going to be looking at over the next few days, we're going to be talking about limiting beliefs about money. Often these are the things that we have without even realizing we have them. Um, They're the kind of beliefs that govern our actions, but they're behind the scenes. So we don't necessarily realize we're there until we go looking for them. And then we have our negative self-talk, right? The things that we actively say to ourselves about money. Things like no one will ever pay that much or that kind of life is outside my reach, all those kinds of things. Then we're going to also talk about the fact that we need to be educated about what money is and how it works. We're going to talk about resources for that. Make sure that we're making specific goals about money as well, that it's not just a question of, well, I need to earn more but we're actually looking at what that means and how we can make goals for that. So that's gonna be the conversation this week. Hopefully by the time the week is over, everyone will feel like they've got a really solid footing beneath them and will be making strides towards thinking about money in a better and a healthier way. And that's actually where we're gonna begin today's conversation because the place we have to start is recognizing what we're doing. And for a lot of us yesterday, as we were sharing some of these limiting beliefs and some of these blocks that we have, we were really just exposing what's going on internally that many of us don't notice. And that is the first thing we've got to do 
is be a little bit more present with ourselves, do a little bit of reflection, look and see what is cropping up. What are we thinking that's not working for us? What are some of our gut reactions around money that are happening that are limiting our ability to have a healthy relationship with money? Because thoughts and belief equal actions and actions equal result. So we have to recognize the things that are happening at the beginning of the pipeline. Because what we believe to be true about money, about earning money or our relationship with money is going to manifest itself in the way we communicate about money, the way we ask for money, our relationship with money, how we spend it and earn it. And the people we're trying to make a living from are going to feel what issues we have about money. And you can just imagine if you are a person who kind of inherently believes that, you know, people who make a lot of money are greedy. When you go to make a sale and you are asking your client how they want to pay for that today, um, they are going to feel all the hesitation that you have. They're not going to be looking at you and thinking to themselves, you know, I wonder how I do want to pay for this today or could I add something else? They're going to be they're going to be feeling your vibrations. I want to make something clear really quickly as well. I know that the term um, money block and, and those kind of words have a lot of stigma attached to them when it comes to things like um, that, that people have a hard time believing things like manifestation. And if you've ever watched the secret or, you know, like that, that kind of those beliefs, what I'm talking about here is not necessarily those things, but the fact that we do need to recognize that humans communicate at a deeper level than just the things that we say. We're also reading body language. We're catching each other's pheromones. Um, your electromagnetic field does actually vibrate. Um, so when people talk about, you know, good vibes or bad vibes, that's a real thing. We really are communicating with each other on a level deeper than just what we say with our voices. Um, our eyes are happening, the tone of voice that we're using, the body language that we have. And if your inherent beliefs lead you to think that something about money is bad, when you're communicating with somebody, even if you're trying to put on a bold face and say, you know, so how would you like to pay for that today? And you're trying really hard, there are going to be some mixed signals coming out. Um, and that's not to say, obviously, that we can't work our way out of that because we can. But we have to start there at that baseline. We have to recognize what those beliefs are in order to change them. So that is today's topic of conversation. Tomorrow we will be looking at the negative self-talk and the things we're actively saying to ourselves. But today we're going to try to dig down a little bit and get down to some of those root, those core beliefs, and ask ourselves how we can start to adjust those things. Because it's not easy but it's a job that we're going to have to do if we really do want to change our relationship to money. So first, we have to ask ourselves what we believe money to be, um, because that influences everything else. And I mentioned yesterday that when I was young, um, I, I did not really understand what money actually is. I mean, a coin for a candy, right? Like it's making an exchange. But the fact that money as a representation of value and value meaning so many things, right? Value meaning time, value meaning effort, 
value, meaning sometimes inherent value, which we place on things like um, gold or potentially sometimes certain kinds of products that are rare. We have basically a transaction happening, a value transaction happening. So I want to ask the members of the panel today, how do we start looking inward? How do we find out what some of these limiting beliefs we have are? And how do we start addressing those things? You can either share from your experience or just things that you know or whatever, but we have to start getting there. Oops, sorry, y'all. We have to start getting there. So if you're on the panel today and you have something to share about how we can start finding out those limiting beliefs and then what we do, what do we do once we find them? For me, it was understanding when I felt uncomfortable, right? And this comes as a result of being a little bit more, putting in the work to do the self-awareness, right? And just kind of understand where you sit right now, um, writing down what it is that you believe about money, right? If you really want to dive into this, if you really want to dig out the limiting beliefs, you have to, you know, do some of the things that we talked about yesterday, which was look at how you feel, look backwards and say, can I trace the root of where these limiting beliefs come from? Right. But that can be a complicated process. I think the the thing for me and the way that I started down it was just understanding why do I feel this strange feeling whenever I'm about to ask for money or why can't I hold on to it and really just start to probe and experiment and look at it and see if you can't trace it back. And I think, you know, we had that, that exercise a long time ago of asking why, why do I feel this way? Okay. Because it makes me uncomfortable. Why does it make me uncomfortable? Because I don't like asking people for money. Well, why is that? And you keep going back further and further and further stripping back the layers. I know for me, once I was able to get to my major limiting beliefs and freed those up, it gave me more insight to why all my behaviors around money were a certain way. Um, now, I'm not saying that these things don't pop up anymore, but it gives me good insight. I see when they're happening and I can make adjustments uh, on the fly. So for me, it was basically just looking at that discomfort rather than saying, well, oh, I can never make money or I can never hold on to money or anything like that. Looking at the situations um, individually and seeing if the same trend pops up, see if the same feeling pops up every time. Is that clear, Nicole? Yes. And I, I love that idea of using your kind of emotional reactions as a barometer to catch when that is happening and go, oh, wait a minute. Because um, and I think this is something we should definitely make clear as well. Our attitudes around money don't always extend to money in its entirety, right? That may only be really around earning it. It may only be really around keeping it. It may only really be around asking for it. Like there are just because we have an attitude about a certain aspect of how we deal with money doesn't necessarily mean that it extends to money in its entirety. You may have no problem earning money, but a really difficult time spending it, right? So I think that's really smart, Matt, using when you feel those emotions as a barometer to go, okay, wait, there's something going on here. Let me start tracing this back. So once you started noticing what some of your issues were and where they were coming from, what steps did you take to start overcoming those? 
I think awareness is the big part of it, right? And then that also leads into what are my value systems, right? I could be the greatest salesperson in the world, but if I can't hold on to the money, what does it matter, right? So we talked yesterday a lot about value and what are the things that we value and what do our customers value and how do we have that relationship, right? So for me, looking at it um, and understanding, okay, my limiting belief is that I can't ask for money. And if I do ask for money, it's taken away from me and I don't deserve it. Those were my big limiting beliefs. So once I saw that, I can counteract that with techniques to say, you know what? I am worth this money. I have put in the hard work. I can keep it if I'm smart about saving or using it wisely. Um, so whenever I feel that feeling pop up, I just counter it with the 180 degree opposite to start training my brain to have new belief systems, right? It takes a long time. It's not an easy process, but it is something like working out. You just got to keep at it over and over and over. And it becomes easier to see those things pop up over time. And then it becomes like, oh, that's that annoying habit. Like, oh, I always think this. That's not true. It's just a story I'm telling myself. Now I can move on and accept the money in a way that that benefits me rather than pushing it away energetically. Right. Okay. So taking those steps, first, we're kind of um, using our emotions as a barometer. And then we're putting on our, our Sherlock Holmes hat and we're tracing everything back to where it came from. And then we have to start asking ourselves if that's true, right? So um, as a, I mentioned this yesterday, as a girl, um, everybody around me, you know, living in a poor community, everybody around you just kind of believes that if you're rich, you're definitely greedy and you're probably not a good person. And we didn't necessarily say that out loud to each other, but it was just kind of inherent in our attitude about people who had money. And as an adult, I definitely had to have to look and go, okay, wait a minute. Once I've recognized that that is just a weird core belief that I have, I didn't take it for myself. I kind of inherited it from my surroundings. Is it true? And I look at the people I know who are wealthy or just, you know, have a, a higher income and are very comfortable. I look at those people and I ask myself, well, wait a minute, are they greedy? No, they're not greedy. Um, they're not bad people. Many of them are incredibly generous with not only their income, with their time as well. And so I can now challenge that belief with real proof and be able to go, okay, clearly then that belief that I've held without even realizing it is not true. And I can begin fighting back against it with this evidence. The fact that I can now clearly say that that thing is not true. Um, what are some other things that we can do to kind of combat some of those beliefs? Because as was mentioned, those, those bottom kind of core beliefs that everything else rests upon can be really, really hard to change. And we need, we need, you know, something that's going to assist us in, in making those adjustments so we can have proof. Do you think, Matt, that those behaviors, that those actions that you started taking also kind of influence those deep changes? I think they did. I think one of the bigger things that really helped me along was surrounding myself with people that had attitudes towards money that were different than mine. I grew up very similarly to you, Nicole, that, hey, that person driving a Mercedes has got to be an asshole, right? Um, they are certainly bad. <laughs> 
there's certainly bad people. <laughs> Sorry, Kat, I know you feel personally attacked. Um, so, but I, I grew up very similarly to that, that if people had money, then they were not good people or they were braggarts or they were flaunting it or whatever. Um, I think one of the, the things that really helped me over the past couple of years was surrounding myself with people that had a much better attitude towards money rather than the victim mindset, having the growth mindset, people that really had a great relationship with money. And I realized that my attitudes were never going to build me wealth. They were never going to get me to a position that is beyond where I was. And once I started to change those things and influence myself by being around people with better attitudes, then I started to adopt those things, you know, through osmosis, right? And I really started to parrot those same beliefs and ingrain them in myself. So I think, you know, it's very conditional on your environment, right? My parents shaped me very young with some of my beliefs. I'm undoing that by surrounding my myself with people that don't have those same beliefs, look at money differently. And those are the things that I want in my life. So that's been a huge part as well of not only recognizing the issue, but figuring out ways to surround yourself with people that don't have that issue and that can help you get beyond them. I think it's also important to note that you don't know until you know, right? So we talk about limiting beliefs as though everybody knows what they are. And before you can even really start to decide good, bad, positive, negative is understanding that your perspective and your default quote unquote mindset, right, is what will determine which path you take. And you may not even realize when it's happening until you start to see that evidence or those results. So under, like forever, I didn't realize that what was happening was that my perspective said, like I can look at it now and say, my perspective said, well, why even bother? Because it's just gonna disappear anyway. Or I don't deserve that money was the base route. When the superficial or that top level was, simply my perspective around I can't because, right? Looking at situations and making decisions just around the fact that I had my blinders up and I was looking for all the ways that X, Y, or Z couldn't happen. Well, I can't do that because I don't have the time or this always works against me anyway. You know, and understanding that that perspective in and of itself is, I don't want to call it a negative mindset, but not a pessimistic one, perhaps, is a better way of putting it. So when you try and look at things from an opti optimistic space and asking what's possible, that's really when things start to shift. Because you're not looking for all the things that could go wrong or why it couldn't work in your favor. You're looking for all of the ways things will work in your favor. And what you focus on grows, right? So that's where that journey comes from is understanding like, oh, I need to stop looking for reasons why it can't and start looking for reasons why it can. Yeah, that's so true, Kat. I love that. And I mean, there's two things I want to touch on there. So first, I want to respond to you a little bit and then I want to 
just kind of reiterate what Matt said before we continue to move on, but we absolutely, as human beings, have a negativity bias. This is something that you can go and Google research it a little bit. Um, it's really interesting, but it makes a lot of sense, right? Our, our negativity bias is what allows us to find out what's wrong in a situation so we can protect ourselves and avoid the bad thing. Unfortunately, that means that now that a lot of the physical dangers have been removed from our environment, um, our negativity bias extends to other things. And so it is playing itself out in an environment it was never meant for. And the result of that is that we will find all of these other things to focus on. And just as you were mentioning, Kat, you know, um, that can result in a lot of the negative self-talk in the I don't deserve this, et cetera, et cetera. So we need to be aware that the natural functioning of our brain, which is still important, this negativity bias is still important. It still does keep us safe from a lot of things, um, but it does lead us to kind of naturally focus on the negative things. And you're absolutely right. The things that we focus on, then um, we're actually training our brains to notice those things. We're using our reticular activating system and we are, beginning to teach ourselves to notice these specific things. And if you have learned to focus on the problems that you're having and the reasons that you can't and all of the different hurdles that are bound to pop up in your way, what happens is you'll begin to see those things everywhere. You'll begin to constantly find reasons why you can't. And so we have to recognize that that is a thing and begin to train ourselves out of that by even just the things we've been talking about already. Um, as Matt mentioned, surrounding ourselves with people who are already doing the thing and have the mindset that we want to be able to adopt. Or sometimes, and this is the hard thing, sometimes those beliefs are literally based on us trying to find ways to justify the fact that we aren't or we don't. And what I mean by that is, so yesterday, I shared the fact that I was doing some math. I had to do it for an application I was putting in. And I realized that over the last year, I've hosted over 200 live shows, either here with y'all on Clubhouse, um, sometimes on YouTube doing interviews. And that's just in the last year. That's a lot. That's pretty crazy to me. And it really just is the result of doing the same thing over and over again and those things compounding when you look back at them. But there are people who will look at what I shared and think of that as bragging and, oh, aren't you so busy all the time and don't you just, and, 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 and they will think those things to themselves, not because they hate me or anything like that, but because we need to be able to justify to ourselves why we are not doing the thing. We don't want to compare ourselves to other people. And so we will come up with justifications and I didn't share that to say anything about myself. Y'all have been here with me. <laughs> so you have, you have also done the thing. It's not like it's something special. It's just a routine we've gotten into. Obviously being here together is special, but I hope, I hope you get what I mean. The fact that um, when someone has these limiting beliefs about what they're capable of, they will find ways to justify the fact that they are not in the place they wish they were. And so when my family was poor, it was very easy to maintain some sense of dignity or self-righteousness by explaining away the fact that we couldn't have money because money was for bad people and we were good people. We were the righteous poor, right? 
Um, and that's really it's not a healthy mindset, but it helps to protect your ego a little bit and helps you kind of stay insulated in yourself so that you don't have to challenge and ask yourself, yeah, but why are we not doing these things that we could be doing? Why are we not making smarter decisions? Why are we not, et cetera, et cetera? Because my family didn't have to stay there. It is a mindset that kept us there. And when we can justify those things to ourselves, then it becomes much more comfortable to stay. And so we have to account for, number one, that negativity bias, and number two, the fact that we really do want to protect ourselves by justifying ourselves the reasons why we can't have the money that will allow us to live the life that we want to live. So um, such a germane point, Kat, and I'm so glad you brought it up. I realized that went on for a long time, um, but I just felt like it, it needed to be it needed to be covered a little bit. So I also want to ask um, Becca, Bassam, Kat, you as well, um, how did you or how are you tackling some of these negative core beliefs so that you can start changing those things in order to have a better relationship with money? Yeah, I believe uh, <clears throat> one way to battle, one way to, to, to deal with it is to avoid labeling things and more specifically avoid being binary about it in our thinking and, and making relationships that are that are 100, you know, like just direct relationships, you know, like a, a rich, rich, bad, poor, good. Uh, we kind of tend to take the easy way out and like to put things in buckets, right? You're either rich or you're not, or you're either good or you're bad. And uh, we got to be careful with that, right? Instead of looking at somebody's title, label, uh, label them or, or what they've become or what they've done or what they do, look inwards at the person, look at the values, look at the attitudes, look at uh, uh, how they behave and how they act and be open-minded to that before having an opinion. You know, they're like every, uh, there's, there's every, I guess, microcosm of society has as many assholes as it has, maybe not as many, but we have assholes, we have nice people, we have great people, we have rapists, we have thieves, we have uh, good people. So, we got to be careful labeling things and like taking the easy way out and putting things in buckets. So kind of stop yourself from whenever you see putting a label on somebody, think and say, let me dig deeper. Let me find out more about them. You talked about awareness. And uh, yeah, I, I think it's important to take the time to do that. Oof, Bassam. That's so good and so important. And not just for money, but really for, for all of Everything. life. Yeah. yeah. We have to embrace complexity, guys. We have to have to do that. We have to do that for ourselves. We have to do that for the people around us, for the situations we're in. I remember, um, I know I shared this earlier in the year. Some of you might not have heard it. It's in kind of an interesting proverb slash thought experiment. That is these two farmers who live next to each other. And uh, one farmer comes up to the other farmer and he says, Oh no, I, I see that your horse has been giving you problems. That's too bad. And the other farmer says, oh, bad, good, who's to say? And then the next day, the farmers meet again and the one farmer says to the other, oh no, I see your horse threw your son when he was working the fields and broke his leg. God, that's too bad. And the other farmer says, well, bad or good, who's to say? And then the next day when the farmers meet, one farmer says, oh, I see that the 
army came and tried to uh, commission all of your, your children to go off to battle. That's too bad. And the guy says, well, bad, good, who's to say? But his son has broken his leg, and so he can't go off to battle now. And the situation changes, right? I mean, everything brings new complexity to the issue. And when we're quick to label something bad or good, what we're doing is cutting ourselves off from being able to see the real complexity that is there and be able to engage with things um, for what they are and not for what we want to paint them to be. So if you've decided in your head that I'm a bad person, it doesn't matter what I do or say, you're going to find a way to continue to justify that belief to continue to paint me in a way that makes you comfortable. If you embrace the complexity of humanity, of relationships, of all of those things, and you can hold that up as a mirror to yourself, it becomes a lot more difficult to see somebody as the, the simplified straw man version of themselves. And the same thing is true when we're talking about money. We have to view it as a system, as complex as it is, as our internal world is, if we're going to make any sense of the situation. Yeah, we talked, we talked once about about our worldview and how, how we see the world through a window and, and uh, you know, the wider you open the window, obviously the more you see that complexity that you're talking about, or you see other things and how we, if things don't fit in the, in the window through which we see life, we kind of do anything possible to make sense of it. So it actually fits. And once we actually skew it in a way that it fits, we kind of accept it, uh, even though it may not be anything like what it really is. So that's a, that's a good point about looking out for the complexity. Uh, yeah, I just want to give a couple of examples. I, 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 come, I was born in a culture where once you have a title, you're untouchable. So if you're an engineer, a doctor, or a lawyer, you're God, right? So whether you're a rapist, whether you steal from people, whether you're co uh, competent or not, the fact that you have those titles, you're untouchable. So I think you can relate to what I'm talking to, you know, to what, I'm, what I'm talking about. And and that can translate into how we see things also, right? We may have labels that we put on people and that label means such and such. So that's an example of, of that. So um, I worked in a company that had 12,000 people in the same city. Well, within the 12,000 people, we had murderers, we had rapists, we had amazing people, we had artists, we had the whole plethora, uh, I can't pronounce that word, but uh, of, of cross-section of society. Um, so yeah, I think I'm babbling here. No, but I, I totally understand what you're saying and absolutely. So let's just kind of grab and condense before either Becca or Kat shares. We've talked about the fact that our beliefs are going to influence our thoughts, which influence our actions, which is getting us to results, right? And if we need to change the results, we have to trace those things all the way back to the beliefs. We can do that so far we've talked about using our emotions as a barometer to start to figure out where the issues are it's like um in a freeway if one lane has stopped something is causing that lane to stop and you won't be able to figure it out till you get down to the end and see what's causing that blockage so we can use our reactions to situations as a barometer to tell us what is going on there trace those things back and find them we can challenge those beliefs with proof we can help change those beliefs by embracing the complexity understanding that there's more there than what we have simplified it down to believe we can surround ourselves with people who have already 
made it past those points and have the kind of relationships, the kind of belief systems that we want to adopt in order to facilitate that better relationship with money. And then um, we also have to make sure that we're paying really close attention to what those secondary and those follow-on beliefs are, as Kat was mentioning, those things that we repeat to ourselves. And we're gonna go more in depth on that tomorrow, but that's kind of where we are at so far. Some of the things that we touched on as ways that we can start to move past these limiting beliefs. So um, Becca, Kat, do you guys have anything that you want to share around how we can kind of recognize and then the steps that we take to start moving past these blocks that are keeping us from having a healthy relationship with money? I think Matt really sort of laid the foundation for, for those next steps really well. Uh, being able to a recognize when they're coming up in you, right? Like when you're starting to experience those, those emotions that are attached to it, because that's the barometer, right? Like that's the, that's the flag. Like your emotional response will pretty much tell you instinctually, like when something is off and being able to recognize those emotions as that flag will allow you to make decisions and then sort of training your brain to to recognize like the opportunity versus the the pessimistic uh aspect of what it is that you're believing so you can start to dig in and figure out where that shit is coming from and how you can for, change. for sure and do you know like so for you were there any particular steps that you took to start kind of actively changing some of those limiting beliefs that you've mentioned were kind of foisted on you by your environment? Um, I mean, really, it was like, I just want to, to change my perspective and realize that just because my history has been X, Y, and Z, that that's my responsibility right? Like you have to take ownership that you are exactly where you are because of the choices that you have made throughout your life, whether or not they came from your parents or childhood trauma or whatever. At the end of the day, you are where you are because of the choices you as a sovereign entity on this earth ha have made. So understanding that you can make different choices, even if those choices are contrary to everything you've ever known right and you've survived this far so it's not going to kill you and once i realized like oh i didn't die so i've made it this far what happens if i make a different choice and just see where that evolution leads Oh, that's so important, Kat. That's so important. Okay. It can be really difficult to take responsibility for where we're at, particularly when we know that there were external factors that kind of influenced where we have come, but we can't change those external influences and we can change ourselves. And in order to do that, we first have to believe that it's possible. And I think what you said is so, so, so important. I hope folks go back and re-listen to that. Taking responsibility for where you're at does not mean saying to yourself, I am bad 
right? So if we're in a difficult place, let's say we've reached 40 years old, we still don't know that much about money or how it really works. The way that people who have a lot of money have understood the system in a way that they can take advantage of the way money is used in order to bring themselves the kind of lifestyle that they want. And we don't understand how that game goes. We could very easily say, God, I'm so stupid. I should have paid attention earlier. I should have known, I should have looked, I should have tried hard, whatever. We can really, really easily fall into that hole. That is not what this is about. This is not meant to make us feel bad about the decisions we've made. It's meant to empower us to the fact that we got ourselves this far, just like Kat said. And if we can do that, we can change the other things too. We can make different decisions. We can teach ourselves, train ourselves to think, act, behave differently to get us where we want to go. Just because it seems like the situation might be stacked against us, that is a perspective as well, guys. That is a belief as well. That is a limiting belief. That doesn't mean that there are not real factors that we will have to deal with. Of course there are. Sometimes there is illness. Sometimes there is lack of other things like funds. But that doesn't have to mean that those are brick walls that can't be gotten over. There's always a ladder somewhere. You have to believe that if you're going to have the ability to move past where you're at now. So being able to take that responsibility is not a negative thing. You need to be able to look at it as something really empowering because it means that you have influence over the rest of your life. And if you're having problems with money now, you don't have to have those in the future. Where you are now does not have to be the measuring stick for where you go. So I'm really, really glad you brought that up. I love that, Nicole. Where you are now doesn't have to be where you always are. Yeah. Ah, good stuff. So good. Okay, Becca, do you have anything or are, you know, and also guys, um, so we're going to be inviting audience members up if you guys have something to share. If you're still in a place where you're struggling, please don't feel like that doesn't mean you have anything to share. Um, I am absolutely not where I wish I could be in relationship to how I deal with money. I still have a lot of internal beliefs that I am actively um, challenging myself with. So when you come, you know, if you, if you have something to share or if you feel like I don't have anything to share because I'm not in a place where I'm really fantastic with money, please don't think that that is the limit of what you have to offer in this conversation. Just having these conversations and breaking these things out in the open means that you have value to add here. So um, start raising your hands if you do have something to share. We wanna make sure we have time to bring you up at the end. Uh, Becca, what do you think about this whole conversation? Where do you fall in this um, journey that we're on towards having a better relationship with money? Yeah, uh, so Matt's bringing up of the seven levels of why kind of got my wheels turning on this. And uh, you know, I, I really, am severely uncomfortable with asking people for things and that can be just about anything but that's definitely manifested in things like asking for a sale when it comes to work i i know i mentioned yesterday about you know some of my own discomforts with money and um like having to come to that realization that other people spend money in different ways than i do so like when i worked in nightlife for instance uh there was there was a lot of money 
being spent on things that I would never spend money on. Like the idea of spending several thousand dollars to sit at a table and be served champagne. I would not do that, but I was selling people that experience. Um, and I, I struggled with the kind of inauthenticity of it for a while. Um, I was good at it and I did it cause it was my job, but, um, it just, it, I, part of me wanted to be like, you know, what if you just go to the grocery store and buy the champagne and hang out with your friends, you know? Um, and I, I had an interesting conversation with my dad recently, kind of on this topic where I brought up that I was very uncomfortable asking for help in general, despite the fact that I'd love to help people and I very rarely say no. Um, and, you know, as a kid, he really drilled a sense of independence into me, uh, which has served me very well. Um, but his response to that was that what he wanted me to take out of, you know, my lifetime of learning to be independent was that, in his words, if a meteor came down directly on his house and blew up his house and him and, you know, I had then no familial support there, I was still going to be okay. And that's been um, kind of what I've learned on my own, too, similar to what Kat had to say, is that, like, you know, what's really the worst that's going to happen if I ask for help? What's the worst that's going to happen if I ask for a sale, um, if I'm not actually doing anything truly immoral or, you know, illegal, the worst that's going to happen is someone might say no. And even if they say no, I'm still going to be okay. And I mean, I'm still, some part of me is still definitely uncomfortable asking for money or asking for help, but I do it anyway, because I know that I'm going to be okay. Ooh, I think that that's so important. And I think what you just said, Becca, extends even so far beyond money. Um, it's so important for us to remember, if we look at our pasts and everything that we've been through and all the shit that we've dealt with and all the mires that we've slogged through and every difficulty and challenge that we face, and we are still here, y'all. Like, we are still here. One botched sale is not going to end that or change that. One person saying no doesn't mean all of a sudden everything falls down. Bullshit. I have been through hell, <laughs> right? Like, look back at some of the stuff that you have dealt with and come out on the other side of. Somebody telling you no or not giving you money isn't going to change any of that. That doesn't have any effect on you, right? On the inside you. Oh, so important and such a great, such a great contrast for us to make, to really put things in perspective on what we're doing, because it's so easy when we're dealing with issues like this to allow our entire focus to narrow down to that small moment as if the outcome of our entire lives rests on somebody saying yes to us. And then when they don't, we spiral and we go, oh, I can't, I'm, I'm not worth it. It was because I'm not good enough. And we fall into this hole and we've completely lost perspective over the fact that we've been through the, the death of our loved ones and sickness and poverty and struggles and failed relationships and everything else that we fought our way through to get where we are now. We have to maintain that perspective. Oh, that's so important. <laughs> Okay, I'm, I'm really grateful that you brought that up, Becca. That's a good thing for us to remember, just always. I want to make sure that we have time today to, um, to have these conversations as well. 
with the rest of our, our folks here. So Ari had his hand up, then we'll talk to Carol, and then we will hear from Jocelyn. So Ari, you're always having great stuff to share. It's, so hard, to keep, it's hard to keep my mouth shut on this topic, and I'll try to be really quick. Um, I just, there's so many different things that I could touch on, and so I'll, I'll really just keep it to three quick points. Um, going backwards on the issue of help, um, you know, we talked about limiting beliefs. We've talked about, you know, over time, you know, in this room, limiting beliefs and um, being our own worst enemy and our inner voice. And, um, you know, I use the phrase words or bullets. Um, when it comes to help, it is incredibly hard. Even if, you know, I, I find myself, even if I know that the person I'm asking would be mad that I'm hesitating to ask for the help. And I know that the help that I'm asking for is something that if asked me, I would be in the same position and do it. And it doesn't even cost a penny or it's no skin off their back. It's still impossible sometimes, especially when you're in a bad mind space to ask for help. And it's just something we need to keep in mind and give ourselves grace over and get over that hump. I mean, I don't even want to get into examples, even just recently, of where, you know, self-sabotage in a sense, because I wasn't able to get myself to even ask someone to help me ask for help. And it's tough. It's a demon. It, but it, it manifests itself in so many of the topics we talk about around here. Um, in the topic of, um, you know, the, the real topic, what's your worth? How do you price your product? How do you ask for the, you know, ask? you know, um, in a sense, what you referred to earlier, using not money, but the currency of the, the, the content that you put out, the 200 hours and, and what have you, you know, there again, it's our mind sometimes messing with us. And it's a fine balance between having what we call imposter syndrome and not, and, and thinking that we're not worthy, that we're not really there versus, you know, being a poser and, and being inauthentic. And we fight with that. And that's, again, you know, a trusted, a trusted confidant, someone that you can lean on to is a good way to, to get that reality check because everyone here is an expert at something, even if it's just tying your shoes. And, um, but sometimes, you know, especially when people that are essentially reflecting their own jealousy or skepticism, or even if they legitimately question your, your qualifications will leave you off balance and a bit gaslit you know, from that. And so that's my, you know, two cents there. And then finally, you know, this is really the main thing is that, you know, what you said earlier about, um, you know, you know, you see someone who, who, who's made it, who has, has, has money and, and, you know, um, what have you, I, I can tell you for sure they have, it, it's just a moving target. It's the same demons that, that people, the billionaires fight with that, that we do. And the example of the champagne lounge, um, you know, there'll be someone who will look at you and say, Oh, I can't believe they're spending $2 for a can of Coke, um, you know, at a deli when I could buy it for 35 cents in the store and have the same judgment call on that. It just becomes, you know, I'm just using that as an example. It just becomes different, different, um, you know, manifestations of it. And, you know, it, it used to be that people on wall street would say, it was a joke. You'd say, what's your number? Meaning what number, how much money do you need to make to stop working? And the journal did a terrific article. I could probably dig it up, basically discussing the psychology of it, that there is no answer because the number always changes and that's okay. And so, you know, I guess, I, you know, I don't, 
want to take more time, but I just want to leave with this one thought, which is that when it comes down to it, the purpose of the discussion is how to get over, you know, the barriers and the blockages to, you know, essentially improve our business businesses, get what we're worth, uh, maximize the value that we provide. And at the end of the day, a transaction between you and a client or when you go to a supermarket has to be a mutually beneficial transaction. And both parties need to walk away saying, I got a good deal. I got my value um, as a consumer and I got my value as a creator and a producer. And um, that's going to be at every different level and in every different trade, whether it's photography or, or otherwise. And hope that was clear. I obviously am passionate about much of this and uh, I am already complete. Thank you so much for this week. No, that's so great, Ari. And it was absolutely clear. And there's something that you said that I, I want to make sure that I touch on um, before I ask Carol to share her thoughts. And that is, you mentioned the moving target. And the important part of this conversation is the fact that exactly what you said, if we don't deal with some of these limiting beliefs, some of these um, beliefs we have that are stopping us from living in a comfortable relationship with money, we're going to carry those things no matter how far we go. If we happen to start making really great sales, that belief that you don't deserve them is still going to be with you no matter if you're making a million dollars or a billion dollars a year. Um, that belief goes with you wherever you go. And it's not going to change unless you take the steps to change it. And we have to recognize that when we're talking about money, what we're talking about is a tool. We're talking about a facilitator, right? Something that makes it a little bit easier to do and get the things that you want or need. It does not mean that if you never make a million dollars a year, you're gonna die poor and unhappy. That is not a truism, okay? You can have what you have and learn to love it and to be happy with it and still fix your relationship with money. Um, this is not like, we need to recognize that what we're saying is not all of the sudden, if you fix these things tomorrow, you're gonna be rich, right? What we're looking at is trying to alter the way that we relate to something so that that relationship becomes healthy. If you are, if you are in a relationship, if you are married, if you have a significant other, you will recognize that if you have issues with your significant other and you take a vacation, those issues come with you. Sometimes changing the circumstances mean that they don't pop up as much, but they don't disappear. In order to have a better relationship, you have to change the way you deal with that person and what you believe to be true about that person. And then that relationship, once it's fixed, it can grow, but that doesn't mean that it has to, right? If you are very happy with where you're at right now, you don't have to feel pressure to go get more than you have. If you can fix that relationship and go, this is really good, that is okay too. But we, we are focusing on this relationship because it is the facilitator of getting us to where we wanna go if we're not there yet. And that includes the limiting belief that this is enough if it's not really enough. I know that's kind of a lot to take in, but just keep that kind of in the back of your mind as we go through this week. This is not a pressure conversation, and this is not a promise that if we can fix these things, all of a sudden, the result is going to be that we'll start making $10,000 sales on the regular, right? 
this is a step. We're walking up a staircase and this is a step. It might be one of the bottom steps. It's one of the ones we need to take in order to get to the top, but it's a step. This is a process. All right, so Carol, we'd love to hear what you are thinking this morning. Good morning. I caught the tail end of yesterday's and I'm, I'm setting the alarm. I'm up four hours earlier than I usually am just for this room because, man, it's so important, I feel. So I wanted to share how I changed some core beliefs that I had um, is in hearing other people share over and over in ADHD rooms um, because I, no matter what I accomplished in my life, um, no matter how much validation I got from other people, I still felt incapable. And I even went to therapists and asked why, why? And they couldn't ever help me until I realized that these messages went back so far from the beginning of my existence in my family um, that, you know, I didn't question them. It was a part of me. And so hearing people say over and over how, you know, they were maybe treated because of their ADHD helped me realize where it came from. And then it has helped me gain confidence. And I'm wondering, is there some way that I can apply that to the money thing? Because again, those are core beliefs that go way back. And, and then um, the other thing is, you mentioned, you know, associate with people that don't have those kind of thoughts about money would mean leaving my whole family and all my friends. <laughs> so that's, I mean, to me, that's not really uh, doable. And um, so, uh Okay, for, formerly, before I learned all this stuff about where these messages came from with ADHD, um, I kept thinking, okay, I'm going to get the degree and that's I'm going to suddenly be different, you know? And I did all these different things, you know? The Joined the FBI, I was in the Air Force, I lived in England, I did all these things. And still, I have this core basic belief that uh, I'm incapable and so I've begun to change that. I don't know if there is something similar where there are rooms other than, I mean, we're learning here, right? But are we, is there a way to share with people in the same way that I learned through repetition in the ADHD rooms, um, how to change? Um, and then I wondered how long it takes because, like, I'm kind of old and <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, I'm surprised that within, what, six months, my, my attitudes and everything about um, how, that I actually am capable have changed just because of, you know, the, the therapeutic result of, of the ADHD rooms. Anyway, I, I think you get what I'm what I'm trying to stab at here so thank you so much and uh, this is so so valuable to me thanks I'm done I'm I'm so glad to hear that Carol and you know I think your question is 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 really answered by what you actually just said 
you started hanging out in rooms where people were giving you experiences they had that helped you see yourself more clearly. And when we talk about these associations that Matt was talking about, it doesn't mean leaving our family and our friends. It means adding people to our lives, right? And you are here today. And so you're beginning already to make some of these associations. And there are other places. There are other clubs. There are Facebook groups. There are books. There are online forums. There are apps. I mean, there are so many resources out there that we can use to begin giving ourselves those um, access to those people, you know, those associations that we need in order to challenge these beliefs and help open up our eyes to the other things that are possible. So you are already on that path, Miss Lady. And this just means that you need to go find other places as well. Go and see. There are so many groups out there. And I know some of the resources have already been shared in the Facebook group. Um, but if you are here today and you know of some fantastic resources where people can have access to other folks who are breaking through these barriers, changing these beliefs, building healthy relationships with money, etc. Um, feel free to share those resources in the Facebook group because those are the places that we're going to start building up those acquaintances, those associations, and begin surrounding ourselves with people who are there so they can continue to challenge those beliefs. So I hope that that kind of helps as far as that thing goes. No, we don't have to leave our family, our friends, but we do have to ask ourselves, if this is an important thing for me to change, how do I measure the time I spend in these areas? If I have dear friends that I love, but their belief systems are continuing to hold me in a place that I recognize is not where I want to be. I don't leave those friends, but I am going to try to take them with me. I am going to try to say, hey, I am learning this stuff. Here's where I'm learning it. It's changing everything. I really would love it if you would have a look too, if you would come with me too. And then also, maybe when I have these questions or when I'm having difficulties, Maybe I don't go to that friend with these issues. Maybe I go into these spaces where I can now be around the people who can give me what I do need to help pull me out of that. So I hope that that makes sense. Um, and we don't have a lot of time. I really want to make sure we hear from Jocelyn today. So Jocelyn, hello. Welcome up. Can't wait to hear your thoughts. <laughs> Hi, Nicole, Bassam, Matt, and Becca. Um, I have to thank Ari uh, for bringing me in here. And I'm so glad I... I'm getting to join this conversation. I'll be quick. Um, I'm just going to start by saying that in terms of like money, I feel like I have a very interesting experience in the fact that um, my parents immigrated to America when they were um, teenagers in the 1970s. And so I'm my first, my family's first generation born in the United States. And so grow like I'm a, a comedian. And so I'm actually kind of like working a set where I talk about how, you know, it's interesting because I was poorly raised, but, somehow privately educated <laughs> and like and by that I mean um my parents didn't have like the best like like guidelines in terms of like raising their kids in America I mean they might they literally grew up with like cement houses in the jungle um but anyways uh like it, this is my dad doesn't even have a credit card okay he's a cash only kind of guy and um so yeah and then it's just interesting how um like, if if you were a kid and like, like, and you're checking out at the grocery store and like, 
one day maybe you couldn't get like everything you guys wanted because you didn't have enough money for all that that's what i'm thinking about when like we didn't have like a lot of money but anyway so i'm an adult now fine but um so yeah but then um so for me it's like if i'm i haven't worked in like a month right now and you know a lot of people i feel like would freak out about that but for me it's like i i don't know i don't know what it is what it is where it's like i'm just i'm concerned but i'm not like worried you know what i mean like I, I I'm I saw my family and stuff and like I know I'm gonna survive it and I'll get a job and so I because I know some people once they don't have money they start freaking out but for some reason like it doesn't really like bother me that much um anyways um but the the main point I wanted to make was uh, I think it's based on what Becca had said where for me um as even as a child my main mantra has always been like um I can live with rejection, but I can't live with regret. So in that sense, um, I think there's something fearless about me where I'm not afraid to do things because of like failure, you know? And so, yeah, those are the only things um, I like thought about sharing just quickly. And um, normally I write a list, but I am ADHD with Ari and Carol here and stuff. But regardless, um, I'm really glad I got a hear you guys speak about this today. Thank you. I am so grateful that we had these conversations today, guys. Um, I, I want to get some final thoughts um, from the rest of the team. Um, unfortunately, my kiddo missed the bus, so I'm going to be driving him real quick. Um, but I am going to be here listening and I will be able to kind of break everything down for us, but I want to get final thoughts from the moderators on this conversation, all the amazing things that we talked about today and just see if you could kind of walk away with one or two points that folks can use to help get them where they want to go, deal with these kind of limiting beliefs and jump over those hurdles. What would those things be? It's not a fast process. Just recognize that. And the journey that you go on to kind of strip back all these layers and find, one, if you have limiting beliefs, pretty sure you do. Um, and two, you know, what they are and how you can go about starting to move past them. This isn't going to be something that switches overnight. Um, it is a long process. But like you heard Carol say, um, like you heard Nicole say, like you've heard many of us mention over time, you'll realize that things have shifted dramatically. So all it takes is just the willingness to go in and start, you know, looking at how you approach money, understanding what it's all about, how you live with it, how you approach it. Once you can come to that better understanding, things start to really unfold for you. It's just not an immediate process. So bear with it and stick with it. That's it. Um, uh, Becca, do you guys have any kind of final thoughts for folks to take away? I think it's, it's just going back to self-awareness and working on, on, on figuring out what's out there that you can learn from and compare yourself so that you get that awareness, awareness where you stand. You don't know what you don't know. And it's a matter of time, as Matt said, of, of, uh, 
looking to others, associating with others, hanging around with others that have different views, that have different worldviews and ways of looking at life and money is one, one thing, obviously. And, and seeing that gap, you know, where do I stand and why, why, what differentiates them from me in terms of how they see things? What can I learn from them? And it's, it's, it's just a matter of, of doing the work and it takes time. Yep, absolutely. Um, all right. So first, let me know, can everybody hear me? Okay. I've had to transfer to the car, so it's probably going to sound a little bit different. You're fine. Okay. All right, cool. So we need to recognize first and foremost, everybody has got some beliefs attached to money. Yours might be healthy. Some of them might be not. Remember this exists on a spectrum. In some areas, we're going to feel really comfortable and like we've got our shit together. And in other areas, we're going to feel a little bit like we're falling apart. This isn't a, a, a quick fix to anything, but it's a beginning, right? We need to recognize we have those beliefs. We need to pay attention so that we can figure out what they are. And Matt mentioned the fact that we can use our emotions when we encounter those issues as a barometer or as flags to kind of let us know, okay, there is something here, like something is down there. And we need to be willing to do the work that it takes to go and find out what that is. And once we know what it is, that's when we can begin to address it. That's when we can begin to challenge that belief. If the belief is that people who have money are greedy, well, can we say for sure that that's true? Is that just something we happen to have? Or if you know folks who are better with money, are healthy, they're maybe they're in a different income bracket or whatever it is, can you really look at those folks and say that they're bad people, that they're greedy? You can challenge those beliefs with proof that is contrary so that it makes it more difficult to hold them. You can start surrounding yourself with people who have already taken those steps so they can reinforce you that the, the limiting beliefs that you have are not true. They're simply a perspective and not even always one that you've created for yourself. Also, we need to recognize that there is true complexity there and that these decisions that we have made that brought us to where we are now mean that we can make different decisions. We don't have to stay here. And if you have a limiting belief that there's not enough time left for you or that there are other things that are gonna stop you from getting there, those are your internal psychological inner boundaries. Those are the things that are trying to keep you safe. That is the fear that is saying, if you step out of this and you fail, it's too scary to contemplate that. So just stay where you're at because this is where we're safe. This is where we've always been. That is a limiting belief too and you cannot let that stop you from taking the steps that you need to take. You don't know how long it's gonna take. You might get this, this thing, this, this idea and challenge those beliefs and start making a difference in your life two weeks from now. You don't know. Like. There's, there's not a time limit on these things. So don't allow those beliefs either to stop you from taking the steps that you need to take. Recognize that you can change. This is a thing that you can do. You're doing it all the time. And remember, 
if you have made it through everything you have been through in your life to get to this point, man, what is stopping you now? You have overcome everything. You're basically a superhero. Money is not going to stop you. Your issues around money are not going to stop you. These are just one more hurdle that you get to jump over. And once you have that lesson, you get to become the facilitator for somebody else. You get to be the one who pulls your family, your friends along with you, who tells other people how you got there so they can make the changes that are going to make their lives better. So I hope today's conversation helps illuminate some things. It gives us all a little bit of insight into not only the limiting beliefs that we have, but how we can start addressing those things. And then tomorrow we will talk about the actual narrative. So we talked about the beliefs today. Those are things that are often invisible to us until we start actively looking for them. Tomorrow we're going to talk about the things that we say to ourselves. And those are ones that we are generally much more cognizant of because they play on repeat in our head, right? You don't deserve this. The work isn't good enough. Nobody will ever pay for that. Those aren't necessarily core beliefs, but that is negative self-talk that will absolutely start dragging you down the hole. So tomorrow we're going to have those conversations. We're going to talk about how we can cut those things off, how we can reframe so that we don't have to be stuck in those patterns of negative self-talk. Um, so if you know, if that is an issue you have, make sure you're here for that. If you know people who need this conversation and they need to be part of this conversation, will you please share with them that we are here? And if they can't be with us in the morning, remember that those replays are on. So if you go to the Artist Forge Clubhouse, um, the replays will be down there at the bottom. You can listen to those just like a podcast. And Matt is actually in the process right now of taking all of the recordings that we have so far and prepping them for an actual podcast. So they will be available there as well. But you may know somebody who needs to be here in order to ask questions or to share their thoughts. Will you please let those folks know that we're here? And if you can, come and join us on Facebook. The link is up at the top. We are there together. We're sharing resources there. It's becoming a really fantastic place for us to grow together. Also, don't forget to go and check out theartistforge.com. The website is constantly growing and improving. And remember, if you need time with one of our Artist Forge mentors, we are offering limited sessions. This isn't going to last, guys. And it's on everything from business to lighting, posing, um, production, Photoshop, storytelling, portfolio reviews, all of that stuff. So go and have a look at that if that's something you want to get into. Um, the sessions are limited. They're not going to last, and all of the proceeds are going to the Artist Forge coffers to help continue to produce more resources for you guys so we can keep growing as artists. So go check that out if it's something you're interested in. And thank you so much to everybody who is here today. These are not always easy issues to talk about. For a lot of us, there's a lot of pain attached to these. And so if you came up and shared today, or even if you were in the audience, but you started um, fighting with yourself on these issues to recognize that you can deal with them, you are amazing. Thank you so much for being here, for sharing, um, for being vulnerable. There's so much power in that. And we are all here growing together through these shared experiences. So I hope you'll be here again tomorrow morning, bright and early at 7 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. That is 6 a.m. for the West Coast, 9 a.m. for the East Coast. Afternoon for our friends overseas. 
Make something amazing, guys. Have a fantastic Thanks again for listening to this live Clubhouse discussion moderated by all of us at the Artist Forge. We hope you found the information useful and that it helps you gain a little bit of insight as to how you work on your craft. For more episodes, please join us each weekday on Clubhouse or visit theartistforge.com. Now go make something incredible.